the thing about it is if you find the deal, the money's going to find you. Like, yeah. You, mm-hmm. yeah you, I, don't go work it the other way. Just go out and find the deals because the money will find you. You can find capital partners out there. Long story short, if you're an investor or an aspiring investor, money is not your problem. Even sure. if you hear credits tightening or anything, just go get yourself a good enough deal and you will find. You can walk up to someone like me or you guys, come up with this and say, hey, this is what I need. Let's partner on this and easily find it. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. We have Mike Delpreet, our executive director here. Hello, hello. And I am your host, Marcus Maloney. And we have Dez Lowsberg today. And he's a family man, a family guy, all around real estate investor from notes to fix and flips to short-term rentals to multifamily. So we're going to talk about what he's seeing in the market. We're going to talk about some of the shifts and the changes that he's having in his life regarding to his investing. And we'll talk about some of the problems that he went through <laughs> also. So, man, we, we, can also, we can also say he's Bob's best friend. Yeah, okay. right, Bob's, right. Bob, Bob and I are very good friends. Bob Gomez's yeah, best friend, subgroup leader. You, you got a 10 minute group. slot so. at his <laughs> entertainment group. I do, yeah. Yep. We awesome. have a good time in that it's subgroup great. for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. great. That's great. So come on, tell us, tell us about you, Dez. What are, what are you doing? Who are you? And why do we have you here in the podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm a husband and a father first. I entered into the mortgage world back when I was. 22, 23 years old, went through that whole thing in 2008, lost it all. It included foreclosure, bankruptcy, repossession, divorce, everything. I mean, I was literally $600,000 in debt, recovered from that, Uh, met my now wife, and we Mm -hmm. have three children together. And I end up branching off, starting my own mortgage company. So that did really well. Went through the struggles of 09, 2010, Mm -hmm. made it to the other side. And then through uh on the back end of that through 2018 2019 wasn't an investor at all had our we end up buying our our first property back in 2014 we held on to that bought another property and then we started doing some research on what this real estate investing thing is in 2019 just had one rental and then mm-hmm. uh yeah the reason why you had me here because it was in 2020 when COVID hit mm-hmm. i heard through a, a person saying hey there's this group called azria never been to Arizona really and they're doing online uh information and networking groups and mm-hmm. I sat in Alan Langston was running those meetings then okay. and you're in California and time. I'm at California yeah, at the okay. time I, I apologize okay. yeah I'm in California Northern California I got one rental think I'm doing okay for the lending space but then I started sitting in on these investor meetings through Azria and the information he provided was transformative yeah. and and it just really had me look at different spaces. And so we started dumping everything into Arizona. Awesome. Exchanging everything out okay. and came over here and just moved about a year and a half ago. And the, it's just changed my life tremendously. Awesome. Okay. And through that, I met Bob Gomez and we mm-hmm. become very good friends, stayed at his place. We go wine tasting together, all that good stuff. And if you want to know the, the story, you got to go to the Fix and Flip group. 
to hear their story. Absolutely. We right. go back and forth. We make a lot fun. of jokes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it's a good time. We, okay. Yeah. So not not 300 doors, not doing 50 flips a month, not any of that stuff, right? No. So that, and, and I, we talked about that earlier about one of your previous episodes that you had. And what I really lean into that's different than what you see online is, you know, I'm not a high volume, high numbers guy. I don't want to brag about my door count or anything like that. But what I really am leaning into, especially being a finance guy, is I, I under leverage myself to the mm-hmm. point where, you know, my net worth number is in a good position and I have the ability to make different moves, exchange out or leverage it in different mm-hmm. ways to allow me to, to, you know, take action when an opportunity presents itself. So I'm go. not overextended. Everything's extremely cash flowing very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I've really leaned into is just keeping my numbers smaller, but in an under leveraged position. Right. So my net number is, is looking pretty good. So. so you can have that fluidity and that mobility to going in and out of deals as you see fit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and what's nice about that is on paper, which makes it difficult as investors sometimes, on paper, I can actually qualify for conventional type financing and mm-hmm. don't, I don't have to go to the non-QM space or investor space where I'm getting hit with a rate. So I can right. qualify for different things. I come up with my own term called the Burher strategy, mm-hmm. which is uh, buy, rehab, um, and instead of refinance, I slap a HELOC on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the, that HELOC's placed on that free and clear property. And then I could use that to deploy into other assets. Burher, I like that. Okay. Burher, yeah. Burher. Burr and Burher. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. so. so what's the tip you can give, just because you're in the lending world and have yeah. that uh, extensive background, you know, I remember when I first started going to apply for loans, just as an investor, a bunch of LLCs, a bunch of rental properties, and they look at your paperwork and they just go, Here's it. You just want it back. Yep. <laughs> you know, just talk to you later. Yeah. So like how do we look better on paper? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a double edged sword, right? Yeah. Where you don't you wanna not pay you wanna pay your fair share to Uncle Sam, but you don't wanna pay your fair share yeah, to Uncle right, Sam, yeah. right? So yeah, it's just you gotta analyze the numbers to see what your net number looks like where you can actually show that a property is actually cash flowing. Mm-hmm. And then whatever you have in your active income space, you know, if if you're still a W two or maybe you do have your self employment ten ten forties, whatever you're filing mm-hmm. or eleven twenties, whatever you're filing, you know, look at the what the tax amount or liability would be. And maybe you do take a little bit of hit on the tax, but on paper, you look better. You actually look a little mm-hmm. bit better. So, you know, analyze that with your CPA and see if there's a benefit or a number that you can come up with that you can live with and pallet, but at least allow you to have more financing opportunities in different ways. And if not, and you just want to save, that's okay too, because there's financing options for that as well. And it's funny, I, I actually just did that personally. I say, you know what, I'm going to take the tax hit yeah. so I can look better on paper on some of these things that I'm going to be doing upcoming. So as an investor, you have to be, like we said earlier, you have to be mobile and have that fluidity so you can go in and out of deals and have come in with a strong balance sheet with a strong paperwork so you can make sure you secure those secure that deal. Yeah, absolutely. That and that's actually interesting that you said that because on paper, you don't necessarily need to show on your tax returns yet that you're positive, right? You just right. need to show that top nine number and that your properties are producing because you could take that portfolio and take that and go and create a bank book. I could talk about that if it would, and you could walk into these local credit unions or banks 
and talk to the credit officer on the spot and you can actually get a line of credit on your whole portfolio or you mm. as an individual, they'll look at your whole thing. I actually did that with the Republic Bank of Arizona and with our, our portfolio, I sat in, in, in your bank book, you have, I have my credit report, I have my resume, mm -hmm. just kind of telling who I am. I show mm -hmm. my asset statements, everything, and I show each individual property and the gross revenue, my expenses and everything, and show as a, a complete picture, me as an individual, right. maybe on paper, I can't go to a conventional lender or whatever, but they see that whole package and they actually approved me for a, a million dollar line it's called a global line and I could have mm -hmm. used that however I please. Now the downside was this was only for two years. So I ended up just slapping HELOCs on all my rentals okay. instead. So anyway, you could do stuff like that. Right. So yeah. There's a lot of different ways. There's not one set way in order to work in real estate. And that's, that's one of the things that I always tell people is what's good for Joe over here may not be good for Jimmy over here, but mm -hmm. what's good for Jimmy may work for Susie and vice versa. So you have to just don't take that approach where just because this person said, do this, that's the Holy grail. There's multiple ways in order to get in and out of deals. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I would say this, Yeah. the thing about it is if you find the deal, the money's going to find you like, yeah, you, mm -hmm. yeah I, don't, don't go work it the other way. Just go out and find the deals because the money will find you. You can find capital partners out there. Long story short, if you're an investor or an aspiring investor, money is not your problem. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Even sure. if you hear credits tightening or anything, just go get yourself a good enough deal and you will find, you could walk up to someone like me or you guys come up with this and say, hey, this is what I need. Let's partner on this. And you could easily find the capital to close that deal. Yeah, come up to Marcus and my <laughs> yeah. agent. Dad. Yeah. Bring a good deal. I'm sure we'll, we'll work something out yeah. for you to where it's beneficial <laughs> for yeah. everyone. For sure. We're looking for deals. That is true. Yeah, true. The, I like the lending side because when I first started, I was all about raising private money, like non-institutional private IRAs. We're just doing cash deals or seller carrybacks, which mm -hmm. always will do. Mm -hmm. However, stack the cards on your side. Get your credit right. Get the DSCR loans. Get the regular loans. Yeah. The Bank of America loans. The HELOCs. Do it all. Do whatever mm -hmm. you can. So yeah, I would say this too is in, in my bank book. <clears throat> I, I not only with my resume, but I had I, I showed my my profit, my loss statements, my before and after pictures in there on my fix and flips. And, and I went to five different banks, two of them approved me for lines, three of them said, no, thank you. But them seeing your product and your work, you're, you're building mm -hmm. that kind of a reputation. So it's not, uh, you make X amount, you qualify for this. You could, right. you could show what you're actually doing and make them feel comfortable in, in lending with you. So, yeah, yeah. I take, I take it as like an athlete, right? You're going up to that you going to renegotiate your contract. You want to show, yeah. hey, this is what my batting average was. This is how many home runs I hit. This is how many times I struck out, things like that. So they can get a full picture of who you are as an athlete. And that's the way it is as an investor. So they can see, okay, these are the fix and flips he did. This is his portfolio of rentals. These are how many transactions he did and things like that. And like mm -hmm. you said, profit and loss statements. So they can get a clear picture of who you are. One of the mistakes investors make is they just walk in and they just say, <laughs> well, I need money for this deal. And they don't know who you are or what you've done in the past. Absolutely. Investor experience is, is huge. So I know we talked about me going down and doing ground up construction and I exited one deal down there already and people found out about that. And all of a sudden people are asking me, I mean, father-in-law and just friends saying, well, I want to do that. How can I do that too? And so just you mm -hmm. being in the space and showing that 
well, we'll have bring in capital automatically. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Marcus, you said strikeout. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you yeah. have wealth of experience. Like that's where we learn, make all the mistakes. That's where you learn. So, not to dive deep into that, but like, yeah, what's something we can learn from, like uh, a strikeout? Yeah, strikeout. Well, I I got a semi strikeout going on right now. So. All right, we're in mid, <laughs> yeah. mid swing. We're in the mid, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like he called me on the corner, okay. check the swing, going to first base. Yeah, no. So I. So I got into note investing through Azria. There was all because you had a note investing subgroup. Mm-hmm. I actually put money with in with Ron, and so I started heading out in that space and started putting hard money notes out there. And I did unfortunately go. So what does that mean? T- Start putting notes out there. Explain to us. Okay, like, so like should... I started advertising that I'm lending money. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I get I would get leads from the mortgage brokerage, and okay. it, it just wouldn't fit the bill, and and I would offer my own capital in that sense. And so I just started letting people know, hey, I have capital mm-hmm. and I'm interested in investing or partnering. I'd yep. ideally like to partner, but people just want to just borrow, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And I broke a rule and that someone always said, if you're not familiar with the space, maybe don't go out there. So I end up lo- loaning out in Portland, Oregon. Okay. I'm not ever in Portland mm-hmm. or Oregon, never even been out there. And I did do a first lien note on there uh, on a hard money fix and flip through a networking group, a different one, don't, not Azaria. Okay. And she, unfortunately she didn't perform and I did extend it. And so I had to retain an attorney. So we're going through the foreclosure process. So we have a notice of trustee sale date dated for May. I hate that feeling that I have to get my money back in that way, but that's, so we'll see how that turns out, but that's a semi mistake. I would say a semi strikeout. You said it perfectly, especially in the fix and flip world. I remember a mentor was like, once you leave your numbers, Mm That's where people who we saw it a year and a half, two years ago. Interest rates jumped. Everyone was buying overpriced because the market was going to save them in the back end. That's right. Like they left their numbers, right? So well, that was a great point. So is that was that like a flip or is it a rental property? Yeah, that was that a person? flip. Yeah, she that was a flip. She actually wanted me to go in second lien position, but. Yeah. insisted on first thank you yeah, yeah. don't go in second. yeah don't ever don't go in second, second lean position you always get a lean position yeah lean yeah. position and then i just it was just by word of mouth and i just didn't vet it well enough and maybe i could have done a better job there maybe i could have just stuck to what i know which is arizona california mm-hmm. just had yeah. a better relationship what's, there what's so. the numbers so like you look Let's talk ARV numbers. Like, are you going to be able to take it back and resell it? Yeah. Like, what's this? Play? Absolutely. So that's a good point. So the my LTV is around forty percent. So okay. I'm in good position okay. there. I think there's with the second lien position, the CLTV is not quite there. So if I end up foreclosing, the second lien will get wiped out. So I do think it'll go at auction. But I mean, worst case, if it does come back to me, I'm okay with that. I just have to go through that process the only downside is in oregon they have a six-month right of redemption oh yeah oregon true. yeah so i don't know what that looks like in the sense that maybe i have to retain it for a little while maybe i'll turn it into nursing housing just for a little bit or a short-term rental mm-hmm. just to hold that because if she does redeem i don't want to go through that process of trying to re- reverse right, all that right. out if i do just flip it real quick i don't know what yeah. that looks is like is there communication so, with the borrower like hey yeah. what are you gonna do how we I'm, obviously you, I'm, i know you so you probably tried your best to make it work i, I did so, i gave her an extension and now i have my attorney handling it yeah you're just mm-hmm. okay. yeah i'm taking the emotion out of it i just said just, just deal with it yep. yeah so that's one mistake there a uh, ton of other 
Tell us about short-term rentals. You said you got, you exited that space. I did. Okay, why? I I did. So in short-term rentals, so we had a place in Peoria by the spring training complex by Padres and Mariners. We still have that house. At that time, the numbers started dwindling a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we had a little bit of an event with our daughter. And so she was going through a mental health journey and we kind of focused on that. Well, we stepped out of the managing that property, unfortunately. And once we got her okay, mm-hmm. this was actually May of last year, We I went to our calendar and I'm like, whoa, whoa what, what happened here? So the mistake we made is one, if you're going to do it and be a true investor, you know, leverage a, a company to manage mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I do believe in self-managing on the short-term space because no one's going to care about that property more than you. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I'm sure, Mike, you're not, you're probably going to handle your Sedona property mm-hmm. yourself, right? But the numbers, what I found a lot of people coming to me with and the lending side is they bake their number or base their numbers on 2020, 2021 tourism, right? Mm, like all this pent up demand and they just, everyone thought it was so easy. Well, now we're back to normalcy, right? And the occupancy rates are down and the numbers Mm -hmm. are down. So to make a couple extra grand a month, but having to deal with the headache of turning the property and managing and stuff like that. I just, we put a pause on it. Uh, We helped a family out who was relocating from New Mexico. We just did a 12 month furnished lease. So we're still making a decent amount on it. It's not as lucrative as short term rental. And then we, once they exit out, then we'll probably just exchange the equity from that property and and do something different. Do something else. Yeah. So adapt. Yeah. You adapted. I adapted. And and that's another, yeah, you guys always have to pivot and have options for Mm -hmm. sure. And if you're overextended, those might not be available to you if you, if you max yourself out. There you go. But the good thing about it is you bought them right, right? Yeah. In the beginning, you bought it right. That's that's the first thing that you always want to do is make sure you buy the property right. If you buy it right, then you have those options to pivot, to go from short term. Because just think if you just ran all your numbers on the short term, short term rental. Yep. You wouldn't have been able to convert that into a traditional rental mm-hmm. and then use it that way. So and, and before the podcast started, you we were talking about people not taking action. Yeah. Right. It's like you got to take action because you're really believe it or not. He's a winner. Right. You're a winner here. <laughs> now, these are just strikes. Right. Yeah, yeah. You ha- in order to be the winner, you need to have those strikes because then you learn these situations. You make these adaptions and you change the way you think. And yep. it builds it builds who you are as an investor. So you got to go take action. Oh, right? a- absolutely. I'm a ready fire aim guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes that burns me in the end. But other times it, it really kind of pans out. You just got to know your numbers ahead of time. So when you, the opportunity presents itself, you can just jump right on it. Okay. In terms of taking action, yeah, for the Azria yeah. potential members or members of Azria, all I I, I kind of changed my mindset when I go to either meetups or masterminds or conferences, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever information or nugget or person that you meet, I always feel like, how can you implement that? Like, how mm-hmm. can you use that in your own business, and how can it help you get to your goal? Because if you're just coming in to get information and you don't do anything with it, it's really just kind of a waste, right? Yeah. So uh, the information I got from Azria, the migration data from COVID and all that, I saw that and I just started taking action with it. And then through the, the note investing subgroups, I saw, okay, there's some return here. Let's, let's put some money in there. Took action on that. And, and now we got quite a bit in, in notes out there and that's given us more mm-hmm. passive income. Yep. And then through the meetups, I met someone who introduced me to a ground up developer down in Arizona mm-hmm. city. And we had lunch and we just started connecting. I started asking him questions. He connected me with a general contractor. I started running the numbers there. 
And then now we're doing ground up builds out in Arizona city. And so just those one little key connections or p mm-hmm. key pieces of information, if you just take action, it's you huge. never know what it could lead to. So, so good question. Yeah. I believe is a good question. <laughs> oh, no one's doubting you, Mark. Why are you doubting yourself? Take action. Take action and say the question. <laughs> so meeting with like that ground up construction yeah. uh, developer, right? What were some, you said you met with them, you had some questions for them. So what were some of those questions that you used to vet this operator to make sure that you could place money with them? Yeah. Not? Yeah. I just basically asked him what it looked like for him, like what his acquisition numbers were, what his his cost per square foot was, what it was looking like on the exit. Then I would go out to Arizona City. I actually physically went there and I started looking at what's going up in that area in Casa Grande. And they got Lucid out there. They got Kohler. They got that racing company. And then you were mentioning Eloy Mm -hmm. was building out there. So I saw the gentrification happening like Chandler is pushing people out to Maricopa. Yeah. Maricopa is pushing people to Casa Grande or vice versa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now those people are getting pushed out a little bit further, Oh wow! which is Eloy, Arizona city, yeah. Coolidge. And so mm-hmm. you see that kind of trend. And then I went out there and I'm like, I'm seeing everywhere people building. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this sounds good. And the, are they, the prospects are looking good. And I ran the numbers and, yeah, the reason why I went to ground up construction and kind of got out of fix and flip for a while, this especially this last year, is because my cost of acquisition plus the build, I have alternative exits. So okay. my number is so low that I could flip it into a rental. Or mm-hmm. actually, I, I forgot to tell you, I do lease purchase options as well. Okay. On the first one, I did a lease purchase option and the numbers look really good. And I could do that because I'm not over my head okay. by doing half million or million dollar builds. So he, yeah. so you partnered with him, he built it, but you, you bought it from him and now you're. No, he out? was generous enough to say, here's my GC. If you want to do it too, oh. here you go. And so it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. just a friendly contact and he was just very giving and. Uh, I connected with his general contractor and I, I work directly with him. And so I, okay. I acquire my own lots and we build uh, with the GC directly. So he just kind of, oh, all perfect. for a burger and a beer. It wasn't bad. There you go. <laughs> Networking, right? Dang. Yeah. Important. Well, I, 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 from any other industry and I bump into a lot of these conversations is I think the real estate investing community is more of an abundance mindset. Oh, yeah. And we're, I think we're more helpful and giving than most mm-hmm. other industries challenging you out there oh yeah i think we are man that's huge like like you said how you met bob the guy bought him a burger he built his house yeah. built your house <laughs> that's great i i i am definitely of an abundance mindset and i i feel like if you give it'll come back to you yeah. ten, tenfold and that's why when i speak at bob's subgroups i i come off i'm like hey i'm not pitching my business like i'll come and help you if you want help but yeah this is the information i want to give you it's up to you to take action on this information i give you but i i just feel like going out and giving that to other members or people starting mm-hmm. out might spark one idea or might spark you know, one person right. to take that action. Like it did me when I sat in on Alan's breakout, I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And it absolutely changed my life. Not in the passive stream and, and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. Great. Excellent. Excellent. So Des, man, you're doing ground up construction. <laughs> exited out of short-term rentals you got traditional rentals you did fix and flips all of that kind of stuff lending <laughs> notes yeah it's a lot yeah yeah Amazing. how do you balance it all man oh man that's the one detriment i would say to all is i get i do get that shiny object syndrome that okay. we all do sometimes yeah, sure. right you just yeah. taste it 
but no, I just, I just always connect with very interesting people who just are very motivating. And I just talk to them. I have a conversation. I see what they're doing and I give it a try. And if it, if it works out, I just go all into that, into okay. that space. And so, yeah, I just, honestly, that's all through Resria. Every yeah. single one of those different investing avenues I did not have okay. literally in 2018 or 2019, early 2019. And Asria just kind of blew that up for me all these different subgroups it's great so attend all the subgroups and you never know what you'll be inspired by and and there's like that the shiny object we all get it but there's also it's kind of good in a way because we've got to be curious Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but then i think goes back to what we were saying buying right or sticking to you what you what you know about it right knowing your numbers yeah yeah i think you got to be curious Yep. yep yeah so what's next yeah what are you doing now Oh man, so well, you was talking about jumping out of a plane, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, so the story to end the story, we started exchanging all our properties to Arizona, so most of our portfolios in the west side, and then in May 22, what year is it? 20, yeah, 24. So, May of 2022, we decided to, we literally flew down, my wife and I, we looked at properties. I put an offer in on one direct to direct to seller and we ended up getting it. And so we're like, we're going to do this. So I literally, we bought a house, sold our house in California, moved in, relocated, uprooted our family, then sold that one all within, I think it was down to like 57 days. Wow. Wow. So I uprooted everything. So literally I have one rental living in Northern California, fine making my income from the mortgage business to building out this portfolio, exchanging everything out and literally relocating my family in Chandler. And uh, yeah, that's it. We only have one rental left in California. That's a massive shift. Huge. <laughs> massive shift. Wait, did I get lost? I thought we were talking about skydiving. Oh, yeah. Oh, Come on, so man. That yeah, was, yeah, 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 you got yeah, me confused. Okay. Like, yeah, we're supposed to be skydiving. Talking about selling this house in sorry, California. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the, the reason why I tell that story okay. is because I've always wanted to be a pilot. And before we bought that house, I had no idea there was an airport in Chandler. Okay. Oh, okay. Me either. So, I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah so okay. the yep. airport Great. in Chandler. Okay. And I'm driving by and I'm seeing planes flying over the 202 and i'm like uh-huh. i gotta check this out so i walk in and i'm like oh what what is this all about your student program they're like oh we're on a wait list you know if you're interested put your name down i'm like sure and literally five months later they called me up and said i've never been in a single air engine airplane ever mm-hmm. and they call me up and say hey you're up you're up next <laughs> so i just <laughs> go in take my first flight i swear we almost probably crashed on our first wow. landing wow. on my discovery flight. Yeah, he gave me the controls. I didn't know what I was doing. I, was, I almost quit that, but I stuck with it. I ended up getting my pilot certi- certification just May of this last year or April cool. of this last year. And so, yeah, it's amazing how much it can change. So ready for Azri, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Azria made me a pilot yeah. <laughs> in a roundabout way. There goes that shiny object. I guess. Right, right. <laughs> oh, there's planes up there. Look at what's over there. That's exactly right. <laughs> Love it, man. Yeah. So you've been flying for how long? Did you just say? Oh, since uh, April of last April? year. So fly up okay. to Sedona, Love fly it. down to Tucson. Yeah. It's, it's do you awesome. own the plane or do you? No, I'm just renting right renting? now. Okay. That is not a good investment. I've actually <laughs> ran the numbers uh-huh. on that. Okay. Yeah. It, that is a heavy liability so anyone owning owning okay yeah okay. so if you uh want to get financially free owning an airplane is not quite there unless you increase the passive income stream to the point where that covers it yeah but I, i've done the numbers and our passive streams 
doesn't quite warrant the yeah, yeah. ownership okay. space yet. But maybe I'll get to that level. Hey, in the meantime, there you go. maybe you'll meet someone that let you borrow their plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to level up and get there. to the point where yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool, man. Good yeah. for you. Sounds so, good. What else is going on with the plane? Like, like you, you offered a member a flight up to Sedona, which I thought was awesome. Thanks you for You must want to fly, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> well, I, well, I was thinking, hey, you could go to my house and you could and you yeah. go hang out yeah. for a bit. Go have Actually, get a free have, ride. You heard it here first. You officially have a free ride to Sedona anytime you like my friend I'm scared <laughs> those little planes man shake the fear man ready fire I want to shake yeah. it <laughs> no I appreciate that man yeah it's cool man all right cool so so what's next with, with you for your investing career yeah so I actually just went pending on a couple more lots down in Arizona City mm -hmm. so I, I'm kind of leaning into that space I'm getting a lot of I know you mentioned what's happening in the space right now I'm getting a lot of people interested in new builds. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a lot of activity now that it's starting to round the corner on finalization. So you're seeing the end product. So a lot of realtors have been reaching out. They just reach out to me directly as a builder owner. And so I think a lot of people are being very picky with what they're buying. Mm -hmm. And at the price points, they're like thinking, okay, can I go into I don't know, Chandler yeah. and buy a 1970s 1300 square foot home? Or maybe I commute 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and have a brand new brand 2024 new. Yeah. built 1600 foot four bedroom on a golf course that's pretty yeah. much the comparison right so yeah. is that worth a 40 minute drive and a lot of people are saying yes so i think i'm going to lean into continuing to go ground up in arizona city is going to be your focus or are you open to go the numbers work there for me got it okay. the numbers work there for me just because the land acquisition costs are pretty good so are you looking for partners land any resources yeah, people for? listening can yeah reach absolutely out reach out to me if you have yeah. any land available i'd always take a look at the deal if you're interested in partnering we can analyze that as well i'm interested in that because once i get to a certain number with my gc i'll get my cost per square foot down okay so i'm looking at scaling that and just okay. cycling through that and eventually maybe getting out of the active income space of lending or at least mm -hmm. the retail side continuing with the hard money or private money but okay. that's ideally where i'm going to get out and then just fly off at a sunset with my, my wife and kids. Yeah. 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 Take Mike with you. Yeah, I'll be the bat. <laughs> with my Slurpee. <laughs> Slurpee. <laughs> um, so one question I'd like to ask, because yeah. gentlemen, that was in the previous podcast, yeah. price per square footage. Obviously, new builds different from renovation. Sure. So rough number, like what's it cost to even build a house these days? I'm at 134 square foot. Oh, like okay. top. Start to finish. Yeah, and that's a quality product too. That's okay. Post tension slab. That's concrete tile roof, like uh, quartz and quartz countertops. Everything. And then land. I'm at twenty. I try to target thirty thousand or less. Okay. So I'm all in probably around two thirty two forty, depending on the the standard model we select. So all in for there, and then I'm selling for close to three hundred. So decent okay. margins, and I'm yeah. less risk because. Once I finance out of that, if it doesn't get the number that I want, I could just hold it and just give. So the built to rent model yeah, is kind of what yeah. I, uh, okay. I can do. Cool. So the first one we finished, I actually put on a lease purchase option and I built it out two year option and I built baked in my equity into that and then got okay. a 2% upfront. Hey, like option it, fee yeah i mean if you're not in a rush yeah. it sounds like that could even I'm be not. better yeah and just right. hold on to it just build and it, it's still cash flow so i refinance out got pretty much almost all my capital out and it's still cash flows and you're giving people an opportunity to buy a house at to buy a home first time home buyers absolutely yeah. that's, yeah, great. that's great it's great man. stuff you're doing man good so how can we get in touch with you 
If we want to partner with you, see what you're doing, come on, Des, how do we reach you? Yeah, yeah. So you can go to Facebook or Instagram. It's at One Stop Des, the number one stop Des. One Stop Lending is my active uh, lending okay. company space. So just at One Stop Des, reach out, message me on there, text, email, tell all the Azria members you could contact me for anything, anytime. I'll share all my information that I have, and I'm always here to help the members. Okay. Appreciate so, you, man. So one one of the key things that Dez said here, right? He said, education without implementation mm. is simply information. You don't want to get all of this education and don't implement it because then it's just useless information. Mm. So get out there, take massive action. We want to thank you, Dez, for being here, man. We love to see you <laughs> around the community. You're always a breath of fresh air. And continue to keep telling your story and letting people know what you're doing. And you guys know what to do. Get out there, reach out to Mike, reach out to me, but definitely go to asria.org forward slash calendar for all of our events coming up. And thank you so much for being loyal listeners. Yeah, thanks, Des. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks guys. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Asria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to asria.org and learn more about our community.